are listening to the 919 podcast the only podcast telling the stories of the over 1.5 million people living within and transforming the triangle i'm your host john carter on this week's podcast i had the opportunity to journey to durham city hall and speak with steve Schul, the mayor of durham and as you'll hear i was steve's ninth meeting of the day and he was very gracious to fit me in a schedule steve was recently elected as mayor of durham and he has a lot that he wants to accomplish during his term All right, we are going to jump right into the episode. Enjoy. Okay, I'm here with Steve Schull in his office here at City Hall in Durham. Steve is the mayor of Durham. And Steve, thanks for being on the 919 podcast. I'm glad to be here, John. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I'm excited to start talking about Durham politics, uh, hopefully get the inside scoop on being a mayor but first, I was hoping you could tell us about yourself. So how did you get to be in the area? I came to Duke as a freshman from Lynchburg, Virginia, a little town not far from here, uh, back in 1969. Uh, so I've been here for, gosh, it's about 49 years now. Uh, and uh, just uh, as so many people do, fell in love with Durham, even back then. People say Durham is a great town to live in now. It was a great town to live in back then, too. And so I, I've been here ever since. So you chose not to go. Was Liberty University a university at the time? Liberty actually was not a university at the time. Okay, so you didn't uh, have that option. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, of course, my hometown's changed a lot in that way. And uh, But, yeah, uh, it wasn't around then. So you graduated from Duke. Uh, twice. You, you got your I bachelor's uh-huh. and a PhD, right? Yeah. I have a bachelor's from Duke. I got in uh, uh, in uh, 1973. Then I went to Columbia for a master's uh, in New York. I stayed a year there and uh, realized that I really wanted to come back south and <laughs> uh, missed, missed my home and uh, came back to Durham. I ended up getting a PhD in education at Duke. I must have been a really bad student because... <laughs> Uh, not long after I got my, my my degree in education, Duke stopped giving that degree. Uh, I don't entirely blame myself for that. But, uh, <laughs> so you originally wanted to be an educator? Well, I've, I've been a teacher. Uh, I taught at Jordan High School, and uh, I actually did an internship for a while to be a principal. And uh, But then uh, I, I got the uh, – I really got the, uh, the, the drive to uh, – published The Independent, uh, the alternative news weekly that I published for about 30 years. I, I really uh, wanted to try to do that because I kept thinking at the time that our newspapers weren't giving the coverage to the kinds of things I cared about that I wanted. And uh, some of my friends and I said, hey, let's start a newspaper. And uh, if we had known what we were doing, we probably wouldn't have started it. But since we didn't know and how hard it was going to be, <laughs> we went for it. And um, I'm glad I did. Is that still in publication today? Yeah, mm-hmm. Indie Week, it's called now. Uh, oh, it's called oh, Indie Week. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, it used to be called The Independent, and uh, we started calling it The Indie, and now it's officially, it says on the on the cover, Indie Week. But yeah, that was, uh, started that in 1983, and uh, I owned it for about almost 30 years. And were you in school at the time? No, I had graduated. I had been working as a teacher. I had been working for the North Carolina Public Interest Research Group, which was a 
uh, consumer advocacy organization and uh, and uh, and worked for a while for a, a little small news service called Africa News Service, uh, which uh, published out of a basement on 9th Street here in Durham. Uh, news about Africa. We had correspondence in Africa, and uh, it's now called allafrica.com. It's a great big website, but that started out here in Durham, and uh, so I was working with them and then uh, decided with a couple of friends to start this newspaper. Wow. And then, so I mean, you're one of the few people that I feel like I talk to that are actually, you've lived here most of your life. You know, a lot of people just end up moving here recently or moving away, but you've been here most of your life. Since. Yeah, I know, but you're young. And when you're my age, you're going to know a lot of people who've been here a long time. <laughs> I do think that's a function of your youth. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that there are, you're right. I mean, there are 25 people move to Durham every single day, 25 people. Goodness. And most of them are one of two age groups. They're either young, like you, or they're over 55, and they're moving to, for example, uh, Carolina Arbors, which is not far from where you live. Um, and um, those are wonderful places to live. That's an over 55 community. So a lot of people are retiring here to be near family or to have a better quality of life or to have better weather uh, or all of that. And um, and then there are the young people who are, are pouring into Durham, uh, especially in the near downtown neighborhoods to uh, work in the, in our at work downtown or at the universities uh, uh, or or at Reese's Triangle Park uh, or or at some of the great companies like the one that you work at and so we are we're very fortunate that Durham is a magnet for uh, fabulously creative smart caring people who want to come here and help make the community better. That's awesome. And then before going back to you before becoming uh, a mayor of your favorite place. Uh, what, what were you up to, or what have you been up to in the area? Well, um, and besides Andy Wiegand. Yeah, yeah, well, they're publishing the paper for a long time, but I've been real involved in, in Durham's civic life for a long time. Durham has, as you know, a, let's just say a very robust democracy. You know, everybody's invited in, and there are a lot of voices heard, and that's, that's great. It, it, it really is, it makes for a better government and a better city. And so I've been... Uh, I've been in elected office for 11 years. I was uh, on the school board for four years. My kids went to Durham Public Schools, and I really cared about the schools and trying to improve them. And I was on the school board for four years, and then I was on city council for six years before getting to, to be elected to mayor last year, a year ago. Uh, not quite a year ago. So I've, I've done that for a while. But also, uh, I did all the civic things that I hope everybody who moves to Durham will do. You know, I was the PTA president and the you know, I coached soccer for 18 years, uh, youth soccer, uh, my kids and other people's kids for a long, long time. Um, I've just been involved in a lot of, uh, a lot of, I've been on, you know, boards of various organizations. And uh, I just think that contributing to your community in that way is something that I hope that all of these folks who are moving into Durham now will figure out a way to do, whether through the church, through the nonprofit that they care about, um, through their school, their kids' school, uh, the PTA. There's so many ways to contribute, and I just hope people will find those ways. Well, it sounds like you're setting a good example. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Steve is going to share about his journey to becoming a mayor. Hey, 919 podcast listeners. If you want to hear more about the 919 and you're interested in a behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry, check out my podcast, Weddings for Real. I'm Megan Gilligan, and I'm a local wedding planner at a Southern Soiree normally, but on my podcast, I get to chat with local wedding vendors about their businesses and some crazy stories in a -a one-of-a-kind industry. 
We've had Jill Donovan from Donovan's Dish Catering, Joe Bunn from Bun DJ Company, Jared from Two Roosters Ice Cream, planners, florists, photographers, pretty much any type of wedding vendor you can think of. And coming up, we have so much more, including a local marriage therapist, which I'm super excited to share. So go check it out. That's Weddings For Real. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Steve, so tell me about running for office. How did you convince your family that this would be a good idea? Well, um, that's a great question. When I ran for school board, it wasn't near the commitment of time and all it takes to be mayor. It was still a big commitment. Um, but uh, I think my, my wife was up for it, um, and she knew I really wanted to do it. I, she was, like me, very committed to Durham Public Schools, and uh, we knew this was a way that I could make a contribution. Uh, and, and, and then uh, as time – I got off the school board, I didn't think I would run again. I was out of public office for three years, and a council seat came open, and I realized that I – I wanted to do that, and so I didn't start running for office until I think I was 53, so it's not something I've done, you know, my whole life or anything. <laughs> um, being mayor is different. Being mayor is, um, the platform is a lot bigger, and uh, so uh, I, that has been, um, you're my, I, I was just saying to somebody, I think you're my ninth meeting today, and I have two more to go. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very constant. It's very demanding. Uh, and but it's also a tremendous gift to be able to have this platform and to be able to rally people to to uh, help envision uh, for themselves a, 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 a wonderful future for our city that includes everybody. So tell me more about what it's like running for office. So certainly everything you do, especially while you're running and even while you're mayor, uh, even on a local level, is definitely scrutinized. Am I right? Everything scrutinized. Okay. Yeah. So how's that? That's hard. Uh, you know, for example, my emails, um, my, my, all my emails are public emails and my, my, my city email, not, not, not things I send privately on my Gmail to a friend, but any, all the public business is highly scrutinized. And as I say in Durham, everybody has an opinion and an idea and a, and a voice. And that's, that's great, but it does mean that you have to be able to take it. Uh, you know, people can be critical and that can be hard and you have to accept that as, as sort of part of the job. Uh, but running for office is it, it nowadays in Durham um, is different than it was a few years ago. Um, there is, I think, you know, the, for the, when you run for president of the United States, they had I think four debates between the presidential candidates. We had thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah, and so you know, so many nights out, uh, so many just on the campaign trail. That's just that isn't that's not including the other events that. You have to go to, uh, but okay. just in terms of forums with my fellow candidates, uh, that's a lot. And so it's very, um, that's in front of all kinds of different groups, the legal women voters to the, uh, uh, you know, the People's Alliance PAC to the Durham Committee on the Affairs of Black People to you name it. People want us to come. They want to see us. Uh, the various media outlets have these things, you know, American Underground, we went down there to talk. So everybody wants to see us. And. Um, and so it's pretty grueling. It's, it's really grueling. It's only a two-year term. So unfortunately, next year I got to do it again. Um, <laughs> and uh, hopefully, since I'm an incumbent, maybe it'll be a little easier. I mean, this year there was a lot of pent-up demand. Bill Bell was our wonderful mayor for about 16 years. And I think after Bill decided to uh, retire from being mayor, um, the interest was really high. And so the campaign was super intense. Wow. 
Yeah. And tell me, tell me about just rallying a team behind you. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got a, that's a ton of volunteers, I imagine. Yeah, it is. So I mean, how, what is that like? That, that just seems a lot. Well, you're right. Um, but I've, uh, you know, that's that's a that's a really interesting question. Since I've been doing this for a while in terms of city council and other just civic and political involvement over the years, I have a lot of folks that I've worked with for a long time, and they just they they put a ton of energy into my campaign. Um, I had lots and lots of people hitting the doors, going door to door for me, or putting yard signs up for me, or you know just having parties and and, and all that. All that was great. Um, I, I didn't have to do. I, I raised. I I only took money from uh, people in Durham. I didn't take money from outside. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I took it from my mom and dad and my cousins. But, you know, (laughs) other than that, I just decided I didn't want to be raising outside money. um, And I think that was a good decision. Um, There is a lot of outside money that wants to come even into local races nowadays. And Mm -hmm. I don't really think that's healthy. And uh, but I, I had uh, – all, all I did was I wrote one – you know, sent out one snail mail piece to about four or 500 people and uh, sent out a few emails, just mass emails, and was able to raise the money I needed, which was something over $100,000. I was not the biggest fundraiser in, the, in in my race. There were two other candidates who were running for mayor who raised more than I did. Uh, but um, I didn't need – I didn't need more. Gotcha. Yeah. So – and you said earlier this is your ninth meeting, so I'm, I'm so sorry about that. But what, no, it's okay. What's your What's your day to day look like? So it's well, obviously not kissing the heads of babies or cutting ribbons. No, all there's day a long. lot of that. Oh, there's a lot. There's a ton of that. Okay. Yeah, well. there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of ribbon cutting, which is fun. I mean, you know, it's not every day, but once a week, I'm cutting a ribbon. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I did today. You, you, since you ask, I'm looking at my schedule. Uh, in the morning, I got up and I. I reread some things from my city council meeting tonight. Reread some of my agenda items just to be fresh with that. Uh, then uh, I, that included a master plan for our trails. <coughs> it also included some rezoning things. Uh, so I, I read uh, I read that, and then I met with some students who were from one of two of Durham's sister cities, Kostroma, Russia, and Durham, England, who were here. I met with them and some of our Durham uh, our Durham North Carolina uh, <laughs> young people, high school students, for about. 45 minutes. Then I met with Jillian Johnson, our mayor pro tem, and she and I spent an hour discussing lots of issues that are in front of us, affordable housing and uh, the light rail and, uh, you know, uh, the, some of the, the, uh, <coughs> the, the racial justice work that we're doing. We had a lot of talk about that. And then I met, um, I had office hours. I have office hours where people can make appointments to meet me. And I met with the the, the director of Kids Notes, which is a wonderful organization in town, uh, where young young people are trained in string uh, instruments, an amazing, an ama- absolutely amazing, hundreds of Durham kids are doing this now. And I met with him to talk about Durham sesquicentennial and some of the work that they're doing, some of the ideas he has. Then I met uh, with a couple of people to talk about uh, equitable, equitable development of Durham's Beltline Trail and how we can make sure that we're putting racial justice at the front of our, at the front of our agenda while we're developing that trail. I met with them, and then I met with a young woman who is an interior designer and wondered about connecting with other people in her field here. She's new to town. I met with her and connected her with the Durham Chamber of Commerce. I wanted to take a nap next, uh, and I actually wrote down nap on my piece of paper for today, but I couldn't do it because I was running late. Then I um, I met with. Um, 
one of the members from our city innovation team to talk about the work we're doing around expunctions and driver's license restoration. Uh, we have 47,000 people in Durham who don't have, who have had their driver's license revoked. Many of them for things like failure to pay a fine, and now they can't. They don't have. They don't have much money. They didn't pay their fine. Their driver's license revoked. Now they can't get a job, and some of these go back 10, 15, 20 years. Wow. And so we're working on driver's license restoration and also expunctions, even especially expunctions for people who were found not guilty. Uh, or whose charges were dismissed, and yet those still stay on their record that comes up when any time an employer checks on them. I'm sure, I think you said your wife was in HR. She may be, she may be seeing that kind of thing come up. And yeah. so we're trying to change that reality by, by working on expunctions and driver's license restoration. And then I met with uh, the director of ReCity, which is a wonderful uh, co-working space for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just met with him, and now I'm meeting with you, and I'm meeting with some more students at 6 o'clock, and then we have the city council meeting at 7 o'clock, and I hope I'll be home by 10, maybe 10.30. So that, that was a day. That was to today. Clear. That was today. <laughs> How do you do it? Coffee or uh, Not a lot, although I'm, I'm drinking a little <laughs> coffee now. Yeah, it takes, it takes everything. Uh, I'm not um, – it, not every day has that many meetings, but every day is that busy in some sense. I'm, I'm, there's a lot of reading that comes with a job, mm-hmm. getting ready for meetings, uh, work sessions, and uh, committee meetings and, and council meetings. And so uh, I spent a lot of time during that. I spent I sent a lot I sent a lot of emails, <coughs> read a lot of emails. And so um, it's it's a big job. I, I will tell you, it is it's a big job. I like to ask people in leadership, you know, when when you go another level up, and you're certainly at some of the highest level you can be, at least in state or local government. But now you're rubbing shoulders. Your colleagues are like Nancy McFarlane. What's mm-hmm. that like? Well, Nancy, I really like Nancy. I don't know Nancy real well, but I really like and admire her. I've gotten to meet her through something called the Metro Mayors, which is all the North Carolina large city mayors. Mm-hmm. And she and I were at the U.S. Conference of Mayors together. So I've seen Nancy in, in different settings. Um, and um, so... Uh, working with other, I, I just went to uh, as kind of mayor's school that the Bloomberg Foundation did. Uh, mayor Bloomberg used to be mayor of New York, and his foundation does kind of education of mayors, and they did it in combination with Harvard. They had a mayor school for 40 mayors, most of us new mayors, but there was a mayor of, of Sao Paulo, Brazil, a city of 12 million people. There was a mayor of Helsinki, Finland, Freetown, Sierra Leone. Uh, there, So... And then there were sort of the sort of 10 mayors from around the world and then 30 mayors from around the U.S. And getting to meet those mayors and talk to them and hearing what their, their uh, you know, how, what, what was on their mind. So this wasn't about issues. It wasn't about gun control or planning or anything like that. It was about how to be a better mayor. Hmm. So it was very wonderful. It was very personal. And we, we it, was, it was the case method, uh, these um, – these professors from uh, Harvard Business School and the Kennedy School did these wonderful cases that we read. And uh, so getting to kind of do that kind of discussion was fabulous. So I, I like that a lot. Um, um, I, I, I will say that even though I'm, I'm used to this kind of life, I, I, I um, you know, in terms of being in the spotlight and working with other other mayors and so forth, um, you know, it, it's, it's always still um, – fun and interesting to meet people like that and to kind of see what they're doing and see what we can take from it. Yeah. All right. So we're wrapping up here. I know you're pressed for time. Um, so I'm guessing you have some big goals for the city, obviously. And I was going to ask you, what's the future look like? So yeah, Durham is a lot like uh, Winston-Salem, my hometown. Uh-huh. It was built on tobacco. Yes. But the future looks very different. So 
what, is, what does it look like for Durham maybe next decade or two? Yeah. Well, Durham is a very prosperous city right now. As I said, we have people moving in here at the rate of 25 a day. Um, we are in a region that is also growing as well. Raleigh has, I think, 65 people a day moving there. So these are, this is a growing region, and it is a, it is a very prosperous region. Some cities are not growing, and there are some, you know, of course, all across America and the countryside in small towns, they're, 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 they're shrinking or, or, mm-hmm. or staying stable. So we have the problems of success. Uh, we are in many ways succeeding. People want to move here. Our quality of life is wonderful. Even though we have gentrification and affordability problems, which are very significant and very real and probably the biggest challenge that we have, even though we have that, we're still much less expensive than New York or, you know, my son lives in Brooklyn or, um, or, or, or Boston or San Francisco, Silicon Valley, you know. So we have these great jobs and we have, a, we have comparably to other places we're affordable and we also have a fabulous quality of life. You, you, you can, all you have to do is drive around the Washington suburbs one time and think to yourself, you know, I don't want to be that, I don't want to do that and I can move to Durham and I don't have to. Right. Um, and so I think that that is what we get in terms of both the retirees that are moving down here into these 55-plus communities, but especially for the young people who move here who want the quality of life, uh, who want the relative affordability, and, um, who, uh, and, and, and who are coming in such great numbers. Mm-hmm. The problem is that with all this prosperity, we have 20% of our population that's not sharing in this prosperity, and those are mainly communities of color. And that's our challenge. You know, the, that's what the next 10 or 20 years looks like, is meeting that challenge. And it's not something you can do easily. It's not different from any of the other growing cities all across America. We aren't in as bad a situation as some of the, of some of the cities that we know of. But already I was talking to someone the other day who said, I can't find a place that I can afford in Durham now. I'm having to look in Burlington. I'm having to look outside of town. Um, and that's, that's very problematic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have to attack that. We're not going to change the law of supply and demand. There's a finite number of old houses in Durham. Old houses don't get old quickly. Uh, that number is going to stay finite, and the young people want to live in them. They want to fix them up. They want to live near downtown. They want to walk to work. They want to walk to the restaurants or the ballpark or the DPAC. And because of that, they're driving up the prices in the near downtown neighborhoods and driving out people who have been there for generations, um, predominantly people of color. And so meeting that challenge is really important. And we can't change it. We can't stop it. But we can make a difference. We can help stabilize neighborhoods. We can build affordable housing. We can keep current affordable housing affordable. We're spending about $17 million in Durham this year on affordable housing to try to do that. Uh, We won't, as I say, we'll only put a dent in it, Uh, even that amount of money. And we'll be spending more in future years. Um, we're not going to be able to stop these forces, but we can make a difference. We can help neighborhoods stabilize, and we can put people in affordable housing. So those are those are a couple of things that I think are the biggest issues. Uh, in addition to which, for example, today we, I was meeting with about the Beltline, which is a wonderful two-mile two trail that we are purchasing from Norfolk Southern, uh, from the railroad, and wow. uh, that we will be – this will be a wonderful tra- uh, trail that curves up through downtown and through the neighborhoods north of downtown – but is also, uh, any, as any infrastructure is, including green infrastructure, it's, it, is, it, it also is gentrifying. So these are neighborhoods that are gentrifying anyway. Uh, this will continue that trend because any asset will, will you know, draw people. 
So how do we make that trail a place where equity is at the forefront, where we're able to think about affordable housing there and other equitable practices uh, that can help this trail be for everybody? Um, and so that's the kind of work we have to do and think about all the time. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. So <clears throat> now I'm going to kind of put you on the spot, uh, a little bit of rapid fire, and we're about to get out of here. So uh-huh. um, I'm going to – this is kind of your favorite places in the area, but I'm going to say it's lately. So you don't have to make a hard stance uh-huh. on any certain you know, favorite place. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, lately what's been – Do you, if you drink beer, do you drink beer? I do drink beer. What's your uh-huh. favorite brewery? Oh, wow, that's hard. Okay, well, can I say a couple? <laughs> sure. All sure, right, sure. Full Steam and Ponysaurus. Okay, okay. Favorite restaurant? Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> lately, lately. Lately, I, I love Gochelina. I love Toast. Uh, I love M. Coco. <laughs> I, I love, uh, I love, uh, I, I loved Scratch before it went out of business. Heck, I love Saltbox. Um, we can't list all of them. <laughs> okay, I, I'm a, I, I eat in all of Durham's restaurants, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm totally uh, devoted to them, and so, yeah. Favorite outdoor activity in the area? Uh, being on the American Tobacco Trail, running or biking. Okay. Favorite college sport to watch in the area? Duke basketball. Duke basketball? Yeah. Might hell, be because you went there. To hell with Carolina. <laughs> uh, favorite time of the year in the city? Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Favorite time of year in the city? Um, summertime. Summertime. I'm so right enjoying now. the summer hugely. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love it. I love being outside. You get to be I love in the air conditioning. Out, well, I, no, I was gonna say I love to be outside in the heat and, uh, you know, like I say, running or biking or swimming or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. All right, well, Steve, I'm gonna let you go and get your to your other two meetings. But thanks so much for being John, on thank the 919 podcast. It was a super lot of fun, and I appreciate you having me and having me back sometime. Absolutely. All right, Steve. just listen to Steve Shul talk about being the mayor of Durham. If you like the pod, subscribe and give a five-star rating. And you can actually keep up with the pod throughout the week on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The919Podcast. And until next time, thanks for listening.